our U.S. military and military veterans are our country's greatest assets. But service comes with a price. Post-traumatic stress is our enemy, and our mission today is Operation Healing Heroes. Brought to you by Great Clips. Hey everyone, it's Jay Garstucky, and welcome to another edition of the Operation Healing Heroes podcast, where we document the lives of our U.S. military veterans one story at a time. In addition, we provide the resources for veterans and their family members who may be struggling with post-traumatic stress so they can get the help that they absolutely deserve. Be sure to check out our TV show, Operation Healing Heroes, on Discovery Channel, Waypoint TV, Wired to Fish TV, Amazon Prime, and YouTube. Join me today as we talk to Travis Schmidt, United States Marine Corps veteran who served from 2009 to 2013. Please join, please join me as he shares his story. Operation Healing Heroes podcast is made possible by Great Clips, the world's largest salon brand with over 4,400 locations in the U.S. and Canada. Great Clips, it's gonna be great. And by Sure Microphones, the leader in audio electronics since 1925. Visit them at www.sure.com. And welcome to the show, Travis. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us today. Absolutely. Hey, so we're uh, live at Whispering Winds Resort here in uh, Lake Vermilion, Minnesota, and we just finished uh, three or four days of fishing together. And did you have fun? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Cool. Well, a lot of fish. Yeah, it was a. We had a man. You guys beautiful killed it. Weather. We had beautiful weather. The cabins were awesome. Uh, the Johnson family, uh, Ron and, and Margaret and Jeremy, they did a great job entertaining us for the week. It's been a lot of fun. So, again, thank you for uh, for taking the time to do this with us. So each podcast, I like to just kind of ask a few different questions. It's kind of life growing up. What was life like in the military, you know, transitioning out of the military? And then what's life like now after the military? Um, I know that you served in the Marine Corps from 2009 to 2013. Um before we get into that, though, can you tell me about life growing up? Where'd you grow up and siblings? Um, life growing up, I grew up in, down in Gibbon, Minnesota, um, on a family farm out there. I went to GFW, uh, spent, uh, I was there, when did I, so I went through school in GFW. I got, or I left GFW when I was sixth grade sixth grade then I went to New Orleans public school went from sixth grade to tenth grade from tenth grade then I went 11th and 12th I finished up in Princeton Minnesota okay and then after that then I went in into the military into the military so what was you know any siblings growing yep. up I have one full-blooded brother so same mom and dad um, and then two half brothers and half okay. brothers. So mom and dad, I take it, got divorced then, or? Yep, they got diver divorced when I was uh, right around six, seven. Okay. And then um, after that, my dad had remarried. I' not sure exactly what year that was. But, yeah. Um, got remarried. Um, mom, she got remarried, and then that's when my brother and sister came around. And there's. 10, 10 years difference between my sister and 12 years difference between me and my brother. And, yeah. So pretty, pretty normal childhood? Yeah, it was normal other than, you know, split family. But yeah. other than that, it was normal, you know, hanging out with friends. How close were you for your, to, to your, uh, your brother, your full brother? My full brother? Um, so after I went to New Ulm, that's when me and my full brother had split. Um, per se, you know, I either New Orleans, between New Orleans and Given, we were only 30, 25 minutes apart. Okay. So we were still seeing each other pretty regularly. But how many years apart were you guys? We're me and Mark, me and Marcus are only two years apart. Oh, okay. Are you older or younger? I'm the oldest of You're the four. Okay. Of us. So when you were in high school, at what point do you decide that you're going to go into the military? It wasn't even in high school when I decided I was really? going to go into the military. No. So in third grade, you take that state aptitude test. Yeah. What, what are you going to be when you grow up? 
Well, mine said first on the list was military. Second on the list was construction. Really? Yep. So I kind of stuck through and through with the military thing. So you you felt like you always knew that that's what you wanted to do. Yep. Amazing. Yep. So my, uh, and as far as the branch I was chose I was going to go into, wasn't really decided until whatever recruiting office I walked in first. Really? Really? Is what it came down to. Because I have uncles that are in the army. Um, My grandpa was in the army. My other uncle was in the Navy. I have another uncle that was in the Marine Corps. And as far, and I never reached out to any of them about their time in or anything like that. So I didn't, as far, you know, other than your, I didn't really sit down with a vet until after my service time Hmm. and and actually talk about, you know, or talk to a vet. So interesting. So even though you had family members who were served, you never really talked to them about their time in service? No. No, huh? No, I'm not really much. Well, I am a very outgoing person. It's just there are some things that if you want to bring it up, I'll let you bring it up first kind of a thing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, especially sensitive, you know, and sure back you know so did, the, did your dad serve too or no 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 okay he was a master plumber for 40 years wow and now he's retired but yeah so um when at what point did you decide uh what branch you were going to go into is it uh senior year of high school or uh, it was my junior year because i enlisted in the um delayed entry program okay so i was already quote unquote enlisted my whole senior year of high school. Okay. So and so, which actually brings up something else is I was so I was on track to graduate early. So I was gonna graduate in March. So I had talked to my superintendent about graduating early. You know, and he already knew that I was graduating early. I was like, hey and I had already done the math and the mm-hmm. book work <laughs> and everything. I'm like, oh this is this will be sweet. I can go to boot camp, come back on boot leave, and I'll be able to walk in my dress blues. Oh, cool. Cross the stage. Yep. Cross stage. My superintendent didn't want nothing to do with it. Really? Yep. And I, I asked him, I was like, why, why yeah. is that? Why can't I do that? And he said it would single me out. I was like, well, valedictorian and the Victorian get away yeah. with different tassels. Yeah. And, your and so people. what? You're right. you're serving our country. Right. Yep. No, he didn't want nothing to do it. So, so I ended up just wait, and I had four other buddies that went into the Marine Corps with me as well from our graduating class. So was it on the buddy system or no? I had gotten them into the buddy system, but I did not go to boot camp with them. Okay. So I had already had my date set. So I left, and then when I got back on boot leave, they left. Okay, they left to go? They left to go. So the four of them went on the buddy system, okay. but I went prior, prior to. Hmm. And so uh, was that down in San Diego? Yep, San yeah. Diego. I went there and then, <clears throat> yeah. So what was, camp. yeah, so um, did your brother, did he serve too or no? No. No? Not my, not Marcus, he never served. Dylan, he's actually in the army right now. He is, and that's yep. one of your half brothers. Yep, that's my half brother, the youngest of the four of us. He's in Fort Polk, Louisiana, right now. We have more to men down there. So and enjoying it, loving it. Yeah, yeah, cool. So this when his second year, when now. you went in early, did your parents have to sign for you to go in at like enlist at seventeen, or because you didn't go until you were eighteen, did you not have to have them do that? So I was. Held when I started school, I was how I was one of the older. Oh, okay, gotcha. But yes, my parents did have to sign they when did. I because I was seventeen when I technically enlisted because I was a junior, junior in high school. Yeah, junior in high school. So they both had to sign and give me the okay. The okay. Yep. Do you remember having that conversation with them and what that was like? It, yeah, we sat. Me and my mom sat down with the recruiter. Because all of this took place because I was up in Princeton, and my dad at Princeton and Gibbon, that's a forty-five minute drive. So it's not like they were yeah right hand in hand. And I th- believe my recruiter called my dad. I'm not sure on how that went, or if I just brought the paperwork down one week and mm-hmm. I was like, "Hey, I need you to sign this real quick." But you know, they were like supportive I, of it. Well, right, because I had already been talking about this since, since third I was grade. Knee high to a grasshopper, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, so, cool. 
Cool. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break. When I come back, I'm going to talk to you about uh, your your time in service. Um, appreciate you uh, sharing your story. We'll be right back. This week's Veterans Resource Nonprofit of the Week is Take a Vet Fishing. We provide one-day group fishing outings to veterans struggling with post-traumatic stress. The great outdoors has a natural healing power. Come experience the camaraderie and healing that one day on the water can provide. If you're a veteran living in or willing to travel to Illinois, Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, or Florida, you can sign up free of charge to our one day of giving back events. Visit www.takeavetfishing.org for more information. Operation Healing Heroes podcast is made possible by Wiley X Sunglasses. Wiley X is a family-owned company founded by U.S. military veteran Miles Freeman Sr. with a focused determination to create the world's best protective gear for those that protect our country. Over 35 years ago, Wiley X was born on the battlefield. Today, Wiley X continues to pioneer protective eyewear and sunglasses, not only for our military, but for consumers as well. Visit www.wileyx.com and support the companies that support our veterans. And we are talking to Travis Schmidt. Travis, thank you again for sharing your story with us. I certainly appreciate it. Uh, So at the age of three, you decided you were going to uh, go into the military, which is pretty cool. But uh, yeah, you decided that, um, why why the Marine Corps? Well, if you're going to go into a branch, might as well pick the best one. (laughs) I love it. Absolutely love it. That's cool. Coming from uh, my, my father and my brother were both Marines, so I've got a special place in my heart, obviously, for the Marine Corps, too. But uh, the few, the proud, right? Yeah. Um, so tell me about life in the military. What was that like? What was going to boot camp like? Was it what you had anticipated? Yeah, it was. It, um, they psych you up more than what it actually is. It's more, It's I would say, at least 85% mental than it is. Physical. physical yeah you know and high schooler you sh- there's no reason why you can't with the physical yeah um strains that they expect out of you yeah. it's not way overbearing no what you may think and yeah it, it was way more mental than it was you know high school kid fresh out of high school yeah. first time away from family first yeah. new scenery first time traveling to california you know, I've gone out of state before on family trips or whatever. But yeah. Now you're alone, it, out of state, by yourself. Yeah. You know, what do you, and you have these guys with smoky bandit hats <laughs> yelling at you in your face, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, it's a, it was more of a mental game than it was a physical yeah. game. And how did you cope? Did Was it? Yeah, I just... You, the easiest way that I found to deal with boot camp was take Sundays at a time. You don't take yeah. a day by day, follow your Sundays. Yeah. It it was way easier following Sundays than day by day. Interesting. Yeah. It's the first time I've heard somebody say that. Yeah. Sundays, because then Sundays they give you chapel time. So then yeah. you were able, to, you know, that was your time to. That's cool. Breathe for a second. Yeah. Relax for a second and then get right back into it. Cool. So, uh, would you do it again, knowing what you what you know now? All day long, really. Yeah, very cool. I do a lot of things a little bit differently, but yeah, but all day you'd long. Definitely I would definitely go back through it again. Yeah. Very cool. So after uh, boot camp, any any stories from boot camp that are crazy? Nothing, nothing too no. nothing too real crazy that happened. Yeah, no. You still touch base with some of the the guys you went through? Not with boot. Camp, I do with the guys I was stationed with. Okay. So what was your uh, MOS after you got out of boot camp? I was actually one of the la- one of the few last classes to get the 3533, hmm. which is the LVS or Dragon, Dragon Masters, they called yep. them. So they were phasing that vehicle out, but they still needed to keep a couple guys still trained in on it because of the couples that were, or the couple of that machines that were still in the fleet. Yeah. So the LVS is an articulating um, vehicle. So, and it had its base unit, it has four wheels underneath the cab, has its base unit, and then it has four, five different attachments that attach to this base unit. 
And then where it attaches, that's where it articulates, and that's how it steers down the road. Interesting. So you got to learn that. Yep. Oh, that's cool. As a driver or as, as a, a... I was a driver, yep. Wow, so that's my, cool. My base MOS is a 3531, which is Motor T. Okay. So any vehicle that you see driving down the road, I had a license for. Really? To drive. And then I also had that 33 license on to boot. That's cool. So did you ever get to drive those things? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah did they finally uh, retire those things? Yep. Or no, yeah, yep. They did. So okay. I, we had we had three of them at the unit that I ended up being stationed with, and w- during my tenure at that unit, we brought them to the place to get get decommissioned. Oh really? Okay. So so where did you where were you stationed at? I was stationed on Camp Pendleton again. Oh, you so were. I went to training. Me. I went to training in Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. Okay. And. Went there, and I was there for eight months doing my training. I had gotten there during it. Normally, it's a five-week or five-month program, but I had the extra two months because I had gotten there during Christmas and holiday break. Okay. So those extra two months kind of drew out a little, mm-hmm. drew out the time a little bit more due to leave and yep. time, you know, because they're not they didn't do training. It's yep. easier not to do training during. So you did get to go home during yep. Christmas? Yeah. Yep. Cool. That first year I was able to go home for Christmas. And then after that, then I got ended up getting stationed with um, MWSS 372 out of Camp Pendleton, which is just right off the airfield Okay. in Camp Pendleton there. So you, you spent some time in San Diego and... Uh, yep. And how long were you there for? I was there for my whole entire, entire career. Yep. Okay. And... Um, you signed up for four years, and, and at the end, uh, when did you decide it was time to get out? Um, so I had gotten myself into trouble, So and it went through court-martial. I got denied in court-martial, but my unit, for some reason, still wanted to push the issue, so they ended up giving me an ADCEP. So even though it went through all the courts of the military and everything, and I got acquitted of everything, they still wanted to see it through for some reason. Really? I, even though I come to him with a packet of 75 character statements saying like, hey, I'm a good person. Yeah. Screwed up. Yeah. It is what it is. And that that's where... They decided you know, that they were going to push the After ADCEP, then... So that's an admit administrative separation is what an ADCEP is. Okay. So it was the the higher-ups that were pushing the issue. Hmm. So. Did you ever get any explanation as to why or no? Well, that was, so, no, not no? really. Really? No. Because, like I said, it had already gone through all the court systems before this, and then they pushed that ADCEP on me. So, so would you have continued serving? I, I would have been a career. I would you have, would. I would have seen myself as a career. Really? Yeah. So you were planning on doing twenty years? Yeah. Interesting. But you know, yeah, hey, you make your bed, you gotta sleep in it. Well, that's tough. But um, what are some of the most memorable times you had when you were in the military? You just you said you did not deploy, right? I did not deploy. No, but so with the wing unit. They deploy on a four-year rotation because there's four different support squadrons. So that way they keep it, I don't know, quote-unquote fair. Sure. I guess it's not like a, a infantry unit where they're on a two-year rotation. Yeah. So with this, And you're just supporting the wing or the airfield is all that we did while we were out there. So when I had gotten stationed with 372, they had just gotten back from an Afghanistan deployment. Okay. So, and then right at the end of my three and a half years, they were just doing the workups. Getting ready to deploy again. So I did do workups with them. Okay. I went went to Yuma, Arizona, did the workups out there, Mojave Viper, the whole nine. Wow. Yep. And then I said my adieu and... Yep. Went on your (laughs) way, huh? Went on my way. But yeah, there was plenty of memorable memorable moments just in the time I was there. So while I was there, my main truck that I drove was a 31, which is just like a tractor trailer tractor trailer that you see on the road, regular okay. semi. 
except the only difference is, is on the cab of the truck, the back tires and the front tires all turn. Oh, really? Okay. So your front tires, if you turn them to the right, your back tires will turn to the left. So that way it kind of counter yeah. steers. You can turn sharp, a little bit sharper, you know. And with that, so uh, because I was with the wing unit, I was went out and I went and got ordinances for the helicopters. And this all happened, or my the trouble I'd gotten into was later on in the year, or later on in my so the, for the first time, first beginning part of my tenure at the MWSS, it was um, I was going out on runs and it was go get ordinances, bring them to the flight line, and then they load up helicopters and then they go on about their way and you know go out to the range, bring people, bring troops out to the ranges for gunfires and hmm. all sorts of that's cool, different huh? stuff, yeah. Water bowl testings. Really? PMs, yeah. Interesting. So at that point, then, you decide it's it's time to get out, um, unfortunately, right? I mean, because yeah. like you said, you wanted to stay in, but uh, it's time to get out. Um, when we come back, I want to talk about uh, transitioning out of the military and life after the military or uh, you know at least transitioning out of the military back into civilian life so uh, give me one second we'll be right back this week's veterans resource nonprofit of the week is take a vet fishing we provide one-day group fishing outings to veterans struggling with post-traumatic stress the great outdoors has a natural healing power come experience the camaraderie and healing that one day on the water can provide If you're a veteran living in or willing to travel to Illinois, Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, or Florida, you can sign up free of charge to our one day of giving back events. Visit www.takeavetfishing.org for more information. Operation Healing Heroes podcast is made possible by Wiley X Sunglasses. Wiley X is a family-owned company founded by U.S. military veteran Miles Freeman Sr. with a focused determination to create the world's best protective gear for those that protect our country. Over 35 years ago, Wiley X was born on the battlefield. Today, Wiley X continues to pioneer protective eyewear and sunglasses, not only for our military, but for consumers as well. Visit www.wileyx.com and support the companies that support our veterans. And we're talking to Travis Schmidt. Uh, Travis, thanks again for sharing your story with us. Let's talk about transitioning out of the military after uh, 2013 when you were done in Camp Pendleton. Uh, where'd you go then? After Camp Pendleton, then I... Um, so I had gotten married six months before I had gotten out. Oh, okay. So through that, then my wife... Now, Lindsay, she had flown out to California, and then I we still lived back here in Minnesota. So then she helped me move all of our all of my belongings back to Minnesota. After that, then I um, started working at a printing plant in Princeton. I started working there, did that for a little bit, and then I um, started doing. Then I went into that went we'll go back to that third grade yeah. chart and construction. So. Okay. And I started doing construction before I joined the military too, so I had a good understanding on okay. everything. And then I got hooked up with a good friend of mine who was doing post frame construction, pole barns, and stuff like that. And I worked with him for four four years or so. So transitioning out of the military was it difficult for you or no? Yes, and yes and no. Yes, because. It wasn't something you wanted to do, or yes, because the structure was no longer there, and um, you had to go find a sense of purpose, a new sense of purpose, or maybe uh, a little bit of both. All, uh, all the above. All the above. All the above. So I spent. So I deal, with, or I have. Um, I've struggled with alcoholism. Okay. For the longest, or since. I had started going through those legal battles in while I was in the military. So with that being said, I not because of what the so when I had gotten into those legal battles, it 
they pushed me. It was, well, as anybody knows, nothing happens fast. Right. If it has anything to do with government or anything, nothing happens fast. Right. So you can just about imagine. So when I found out that my paperwork had been um, acquitted in court-martial and everything like that, well, after all that, nothing was happening. So I had already achieved a rank in this process, Mm -hmm. which if you're going under legal, you're not supposed to, but according to the online, I was the right rank, and then I'd bring it up to my superiors, and I'd be like, well, yeah. it says right here I'm an E4, but I'm still pinned on as an E3. Like, yeah. I'm supposed to be pinned on here. Like, yeah, what's did you going guys, on? Did you guys take my rank away from me or right. that I didn't know about, and then why am I still getting paid for it? And no answers. Kind of thing, and it was just no answers, no answers, no answers. So it was a combination of me being frustrated with my unit on running me through the ringer, and... It was a combination of me beating myself up because Mm -hmm. of the trouble I had gotten into. Because, yeah, it was my fault. A hundred percent it was my fault. I don't blame anybody for what I had done. Yep. So it just the, and then the anxiety that come along with it and everything. So I ran to the bottle to hide it all. And that's where my alcoholism started. So now coming out of the military and coming back and going to work and doing that post frame, well, as anybody in the construction trade knows, you go where the work is. Mm -hmm. Well, post frame, you could add, we had buildings all over the state of Minnesota. So I would be gone Monday through Friday and I'd be home on the weekends. And all through this, I'm drinking, getting into drugs, yep. the whole nine that goes with it. Yep. And then, plus, on top of that, I'm newly married, you know, and away from my wife. I've already been away from my wife for four years. Yeah, I was going to say, you got married. And, yeah. now, and now I'm traveling the state, working yeah. working more. Right. And it's just going on. It's, so it was just, and then I kept beating myself up, beating myself up. It wasn't until it wasn't until my brother told me that he was going to boot camp was the first time that I unpacked my dress blues. Really, and the first time I had seen my dress blues since I put them in, and then you're talking eight years wow. in between the time that I had gotten out until the, the time that hmm. this happened. And when I pulled my cover out of my the box that I have it nicely neat. Yeah, you know, tucked away. Tucked away. Um, when I pulled it out, it was my brother even made a comment of it. I, I had, I took it out, and all I could do was set it on the table and walk out. Really? Because I couldn't look at it. I couldn't look at it because I was so ashamed of myself because I had wrecked my dream. You know, I had mm-hmm, destroyed yeah. my dream. Wow. Because of dumb actions, and then it would brought up a, and then it. Then spiraled even more. Spirals, but yep. And then I then I went even more down yeah. that rabbit hole. And yeah. then it was just an ongoing And your wife stuck thing. by you through yep, this whole she, thing? God bless her heart. Yeah, I amen. When <laughs> I wouldn't trade her for the world. I That's amazing. That. That's amazing. So So um obviously transitioning out was extremely difficult because of you know, for the, the reasons we just discussed, but um um, you know, going into the construction trade, being away from your wife, you know, Monday through Friday, um, drinking to cope, I'm sure probably drinking just to sleep, um, trying to drink to, you know, not have the anxiety, the depression, um, all those things, right? All I mean, the, all the, all the above. Yeah. And so, uh, and you did that for almost eight years Yeah. or, yeah. Yep. And, um, and so were you were you able to function as a as an employee? Would you yep. show up to work and you I'd show up to work every morning. I'd I'd be the last one to bed every night and I'd be the first one up every morning and wow. and you lived like that for how long? For well up until I had so a year I actually Saturday was my fifteenth mark fifteen month mark. Great on being sober. So I had up until 
that up point. until that point. Yep. Congratulations. And in the last two years, it was super, it was non-talkable bad, we'll say. The last two years? The last two years, I've my alcoholism had just gotten so far out of control that I was still, I, I was still functioning, still able to do everything, but the choices and actions I was making, I was either going to hurt myself or hurt somebody else. Really? Kind of a deal. Yeah. And so, yeah. Wow. And so um, how does your wife help? I mean, obviously she's got to be struggling with two, with this too, right? She was, she, yep. And that was a big deciding factor in, so I never did think, knock on wood. Yeah. I never did end up getting in trouble. I can count on, I can't even count on yeah. my hands or my toes on the amount of times I should have been, been in yep. trouble. But yeah, like I said, God bless her heart. But yeah, her, then after going through the treatment programs that I went through and everything like that is when I finally realized on how much it was, I was affecting her as well. Yeah. The therapy and everything else. And then, you know, I was I had a sober mind on my head, so I was able to talk to her and yeah. get to the nitty gritty on what I was actually doing to her. Yep. And to be honest with you, I don't even know why she stuck around. Yeah. You know, well, God she's seen, man. She seen something in me that I don't know. Or That's something. cool. That's very cool. I like hearing that because you know, there's so many people that could just walk the other way and say, "Forget this," right? Right. You know. Absolutely. And uh, and for her to stick by your side, I think is it's a it's a huge testament. So that that's great, and that's, that's sometimes uh, I, I say never deprive somebody of hope because it might be all they have, right? Yep. When they hit rock bottom, that might be all they have. So um, at least give them that much. And and to to hear you say that, that's that's really cool. Yep. And I've seen myself getting to a point, and she, you know, I had tried to do the oh I can do it on my own. Don't mm-hmm. worry about it. I'll I'll reel her back in a little bit right and then i'd be fine for a month or so and then right, right back, back right back at her yeah. you know and i have two i have two kids of my own you do okay i have, I have a four-year-old and a six-year-old and or and now but when i when i had i made the decision myself that i can't do this not only for Lindsay, but for my two girls i can't let them I have my, both my parents struggle with alcoholism. Okay. And I myself cannot, I don't want that to happen to them. Right. Were my parents bad people? Absolutely not. Right. Absolutely not. But for what I know now of alcohol and alcoholism. Yep. You know, prime candidates. You know, yep. prime candidates. You know, and the state, nothing against the state of Minnesota, but nine out of, Nine out of ten people, you yep. know, textbook, yeah, alcoholic. What do you do for fun? You know, what do you do for fun? Right. You go to the bar, right? Have fun, you know, you or whatever, you know. And when I realized that I had a problem, it, I made the decision on my own that I need to go. I can't do this on my own, and that was you. the hardest decision I made. Yeah, and I had called up a good friend of mine who had gone through a treatment center that I really wanted to try out. And I called him up and I was like, what do I have to do? Who do I have to talk to? What do I have to do to get this going? And that night, bless her heart, Melanie Butler had given me a call. That night, I talked to him and within 20 minutes. And he knew of the Eagles Healing Nest. Yep, because he had gone through the healing, Eagles Healing Nest. Wow. And within 20 minutes, Melanie had called me up and I want you here tonight. Really? And I'm like, well, I can't do that tonight. I have to go to work. I have to let my yeah. boss know. I have, yeah. I have to do some prep work, yeah. this, that, or the other. She's like, no, I want you here tonight. I was like, I can't do that. Yeah. I was like, you tell me a time and I will be there. I will give you my word. Yeah. I will be there. But I cannot Can't go to tonight. tonight. I have to get ducks in a row before I'm old school that way where if yeah. I quit a job, I'm putting in my two weeks and by golly, I'm giving you that full right. two weeks. And just uh, I'm just a man of my word that way. So I had to go through the proper channels and let everybody know. Do it but then, then that's, yep, she called me that night and 
we set up a tea time and date and I showed up and wow never looked back we're going to take a short break when we come back I want to hear about uh, your time at the Eagles Healing Nest and what it meant to uh, to you and your sobriety and uh, you know where you're at today in life sound good? sounds like a plan this week's Veterans Resource Nonprofit of the Week is Take a Vet Fishing. We provide one day group fishing outings to veterans struggling with post traumatic stress. The great outdoors has a natural healing power. Come experience the camaraderie and healing that one day on the water can provide. If you're a veteran living in or willing to travel to Illinois, Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, or Florida, you can sign up free of charge to our one day of giving back events. Visit www.takeavetfishing.org for more information. And we're talking to Travis Schmidt. Travis, thank you again for taking the time to talk to us and uh, sharing your, your story. Um, again, it's amazing, man. It's uh, the fact that you realized you had the problem and were willing to to go out and seek out the help and, and get the help you absolutely deserve. And not only for you, but for your wife and for your kids. I mean, it's an amazing story. So I know you and I just met each other on Friday. Um, I'm honored to, to be able to say that we've become friends. And um, this whole thing has been uh, an amazing experience for me too, because I'm learning so much just in these, these short three days. But um I'm going to have to believe that that call from Melanie Butler from the Eagles Healing Nest that without that, who knows where your life would be today. Absolutely. Yeah, I would. Yep. I don't know where I would be. I'd probably be (laughs) locked up somewhere because drinking and driving, getting caught up or something. Who knows? Wow. So you and Melanie talk on the phone. She wants you to come that evening, but um, but that doesn't happen. But. You honor her her wishes yep. to come meet up with her. Yep. Tell and me about that. So it was on a Sunday. Or I forget the exact date, but she had wanted me to show up there on a Tuesday. And me and my wife, we brought the kids to, when was it? I think both of them, yeah, both of them would be in daycare at this time. So brought them to daycare, and me and my wife, I had my bags packed already. I dropped the girls off at daycare because... Really, we flew into the Eagles Healing Nest blind. Mm. I didn't know what was going to happen. Was I going to stay there right then and there? Yep. Am I? How, I we didn't know the legit logistics. Yeah. We knew I was going, going there to there. talk. Yep. And probably most likely stay. As far as duration, no idea. As far as anything else, was I able to have phone call? Was I able to talk to my Communic- wife during yeah. this whole process? Right. Was I able to talk to my girls during this whole process? Yeah. Were they able to come visit me during this whole process? Yeah. No idea. So it's pretty emotional Tuesday morning. I can morning. imagine, man. Pretty emotional Oof. Tuesday morning. So I packed my duffel bag and threw it in the back of the car, dropped the kids off at daycare, gave them a big hug, kiss. Wow. All right, Dad. And my kids were only four or, yeah, it would have been five and five and three at the time. Okay. So they were, they don't understand. They didn't really understand. So we had told them that I had to go cause I worked out of town at, you know, I, I wasn't doing, I'm not doing post frame anymore. I was doing, uh, I do concrete now. So, um, I was home regularly, but every on occasion I'd have to go for the week mm-hmm. job out of town or something like that. So they knew that I worked out of town. Mm-hmm. So we kind of played on that. Yeah, you're going so, out of town. Yep, dad's got to go to work. Yep. You know? So we called it the White House at the time. So just because at the Eagles Healing Nest, all the houses are white. white. Yep. Easy. You know, <laughs> not really cool. not really much thought into it because yeah. it's funny because I have friends over at the Healing Nest right now. And, well, everybody over there is family, so they're all uncles. Yeah, all cool. Well, Very there's cool. a couple of Uncle Joe's. <laughs> and you got a four and a six year old saying, "Hey, I got an Uncle Joe at the heli- at the White House." And nice. So, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Kind of a, an Uncle kind of Joe at the White House. Right. I so love I had it. A, had the daycare lady and the teacher kind of like, uh, <laughs> "What's really going on here?" Don't don't, don't worry, worry about, about it. it. Long no, story. Long story. Right. Maybe someday. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we show up there and I meet Melanie. Me and my wife meet Melanie, and the main meeting was mainly for my wife so that way she could get the closure mm-hmm. on what 
was going to happen with me and moving forward. And we were toured the grounds. I had been to the nest um, before, and I'll, I'll refer to the Eagle's Healing Nest as the nest. Okay. So I had been to the nest before. I had, I had a motorcycle, and I went on a couple motorcycle runs that out to the nest that a veteran, um, it was for um, Veterans for Life. Okay. Um, the Clearwater Legion had put on this motorcycle run. So we had stopped at the VA in St. Cloud and then we worked our way up to the nest and then worked our way back. So I had been to the nest before and I knew what their purpose was and what they had done. So even though I knew that friend that was there, that was my in, but I knew that if I ever did go to treatment, that's where I wanted to go Hmm. just from the motorcycle run. And this was six years before wow. all this had happened. Yeah. And at that time, I quote unquote, didn't have a problem. Right. You know? Sure. So, um, so that's how I had knew about the nest. My wife didn't know nothing about the nest. So we, she gave her the tour, got the tour, everything like that about one thirty in the afternoon. Cause she had to go back and get the kids from daycare. Yeah. So she had to leave and go get the kids. We said our, Adus and yeah. I started my tenure at the nest. Wow, and that was what what year was that? That would oh, so my it sober date's the fifteenth. So I had gone the fifteenth is your sober date. The thirteenth. Thirteenth. The thirteenth okay. of the month. So it was last Saturday. Yeah. But my fifteenth month fifteen month mark was this Saturday. So fifteen months ago. So you've been there for I, fifteen months. I had nope, I no? had now been and soared. Okay. So I was at the nest. So when I got there, I showed up. It was a couple days after um, Valentine's Day. I think I showed up on the 15th of Valentine's Day. Okay. The 15th of February. February. And so the, she had left. And I got set up with my house, talked to my manager, my house managers, this, that, or the other. And we found out. And then from there on, Okay, well, they have this, uh, they have an inpatient treatment center on, right on the campus. So, or it's an outpatient treatment center, but because it's on campus, everybody, it's considered an inpatient treatment okay. center. So it's not a it, quote unquote, yeah. tech, or a, like a normal inpatient. Inpatient, yeah. So it's an out, it's classified as an outpatient, but it's seen as an inpatient because. It's all on the grounds. Yep. So I had, and then I had gotten that set up that first day, got lined up with that. And then they have um, AA counseling right there on the grounds. They have NA counseling right there on the grounds. They have anything and everything, vet to vet. So you can talk to other vets about, because it's all, mainly all vets that. Okay are staying at the Eagles Healing Nest. It's vets and vets, or... Veterans and veteran families. Veteran families that are mainly at the nest. So being able to talk to other vets and the way the nest... The nest works as a... It's not like your traditional um, treatment facility. So, yes, you... We have... Other vets that have been there go to like peer to peer, so they become counselors mm-hmm. and stuff. So it's vets and vets being able to talk to each other and work through, uh, you know, you situations, situations yep. deals, struggles, anything, you know, and you create those relationships and you go the Healing Grace treatment facility or treatment program is a phenomenal program as well. It's, that's the um, program that's on campus. And it, yeah. So, I mean, so you're basically, you're, you've been, have you been there for 15 months, but you said you, no, you soared. So, so I was, I was there from February, April. I was there for four months. Okay. And during that four months, after my four month mark, I felt that it was, time i was well enough and i had enough i like to call it tools in my toolbox yeah 
enough tools in my toolbox to be able to cope with my struggles, my addictions in a way that if I did feel a rebound coming on, I know who to call. I know the people that were able to help me. I had create, created relationships with people there at the nest where I can call them if I am struggling. And I have called back on them and Good. everything if on periodic times, you know. Yep. So, yeah, every day is still a struggle. Absolutely, but, yeah. But through the tools that I have and have, I've been able to help other vets as well. Very and cool. And not even other vets. I have guys at work that know that I have gone through a program. And so they come up to ask and ask me questions. They yeah. come up to struggles and ask me about struggles. And I'm able to help them. Very and that's the cool. best part about it. You know? Yeah. So I'm able to take everything that I've learned and be able to pass it on and hopefully help somebody else. Well, it gives you that sense of purpose again. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And now my wife, she's giving back to the nest as well. So she's Very working cool. at the nest. She goes to the nest two times a week. She goes to the nest more than I do. Really? Yeah. So she goes to the nest twice a week. She's kind of their marketing director. So she runs, kind of runs their Facebook page. She had just, she just rebuilt the nest website. Cool. So she's a um, project manager for a software, for um, website design. Okay. Is what her background, yeah, background, yeah. Yep. background is so now she's so she's able to build websites and she's able to help other she's been able to help other vets that are starting new businesses get very cool websites and get their names out there and go this is the way the right way to get go about your way you know very cool that's awesome this is how you run your google algorithms yep. this is the way you run your you know, oh. it's uh, way above my pay grade. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> She's way smarter than I am. But that way it kind of, it, it helps her as well to kind of deal with, yeah. you know, and I'll tell you what, this is the happiest 15 months I've ever had. Is it? Yeah, absolutely. And I, you asked me if I'd go back into the military again, I'd stay. So I'd do it all again, except sober. Yeah. This time it'd be very cool. Better. Very cool. <laughs> so <clears throat> obviously uh, it it's, you could probably say it saved your marriage and possibly saved your life and, and maybe gave you a new uh, relationship with your kids even. Oh, 110%. Yeah. 110%. Yeah, because I'd get home after work and where was the first place I was going if I hadn't already shown up. Right. You know, yep. drinking or yep. whatever. So where's the first place I go still after right. I get up? Straight to the fridge. Yep. You know, so I was present, but I wasn't present yeah now i'm actually able to go out and play with my kids i'm able to interact with my kids that's awesome and hang out with them you know it's just now and now my kids are know that it's dad you know it's not very cool so it's it's real fun i'm so glad to hear that man and, and congratulations on 15 months and like you said i'm sure every day it's a it's a new struggle but you know what um you've got tools and they taught you tools to cope and it's all you can ask for. You yeah, know what I mean? Absolutely. That's that's the reality of the situation is that, um, you know, it's once you decide you want to do something, you're strong enough to do it. Yep, that, and that's exactly it. You know, you can you can give somebody all the resources in the world, but ultimately they have to want right. it in their heart. They have to want it in their mind. They have to want it yeah. 110%. If they don't want it, there's they. They're not ready. They're not ready. So what would you say to somebody right now that's listening to our show that uh, is struggling with either an addiction, post-traumatic stress, that type of thing? There's help out there. There are so many different resources that are out there for somebody that is struggling or for us that are struggling, people that are struggling. It's not mm -hmm. just vets. It's right. everybody. Yep. You know, mental health, mental health is a huge thing right now. Absolutely. And it's... There is so many resources out there, so many different organizations out there that are willing to help. Absolutely. You, and, and I did and the hardest thing throughout this whole thing was that first step of make of asking somebody. Yeah. And talking to somebody because nobody knows what's happening on your inside. If you just give somebody just an inkling yeah. that you need a little help. The help will come. Yep. The help will come. If yep. you really want it 
And if you really, truly want it, the help will come. But you have to... You, I know it's hard, but you you need to give somebody that first spark. Yeah. Otherwise, they don't know. Because if you don't talk about it, yeah, you can see what's not happening on the outside. But but don't you even have to come to terms with it yourself and really sit down and look in the mirror and say, I do have a problem or yeah. there is, you know what I mean? Because like you said, how many times did you wake up and be like, I don't have a problem. Right. If I wanted to stop tomorrow, I could. Yeah. I just don't want to, right? Yeah. But then all of a sudden you're like, Shit, maybe I do have a little bit of a problem here. It maybe. took about six times for me saying, "Yeah, hey, I, maybe I do, or I don't have a problem. Yeah. I'll tone it back. I'll reel it back right. in a little bit. I ain't drinking right. tonight. Well, let alone you know deep down that you, you know, <laughs> you you're gonna go drink tonight. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear that uh, that that you came to that realization and that you you asked for help and it's not a weakness. I mean, asking for help is not a weakness. We all need help and I don't care. There's not a person walking the face of this earth that doesn't need help. That's all there is to it. Psychiatrists have their own psychiatrists. Right. And and help is talking. Talking is your biggest savior. Yeah. Yeah. Amen to that. So, well, uh, any parting words? Uh, If we're all in this together. Amen. Amen to that. We're all in it together. And like you said, talk to somebody because uh, there is help out there and there's hope and there's and you healing, don't even so. have to spill your guts on that first talk. No, absolutely Just give not. somebody just a little spark that you want the help and It'll like be there I said, for the you. doors will open. Yep. And uh, why don't you give the uh, Eagle's Nest uh, a quick plug. So it's Melanie Butler. She's the director at the, uh, the Eagle's Healing the Eagle's Nest. Eagle's Healing Nest and then eaglesheelingnest.org. Perfect. And if the, there, is an act, there is a chat, if you are struggling and they you do need help. There is a chat link on the website. website. You just shoot that a message, give some contact information and somebody will get back to you. Amen, brother. Well, congratulations on 15 months. I hope that uh, the next 15 is is, uh, just as easy for you. I don't want to say easy because I'm sure it wasn't easy, but it's successful. Let's just say. Perfect. Life's a journey. Sometimes it can be a struggle, but there's always somebody, someone out there that can help. Uh, Post-traumatic stress, addictions, they are silent killers, but uh, there's ways of healing. There's organizations that want to help you heal. Um, Operation Healing Heroes, Take About Fishing, we'd love to help you get the healing that you absolutely deserve. So if you're struggling and you're listening to this show, please pick up the phone, call the Eagle's Nest, call us, call Take About Fishing. Somebody out there is going to give you a hand. If you'd like more information on today's podcast, visit our website, operationhealingheroes.org. And until next week, when we talk to another veteran and hear another story, uh, we hope everyone is well. Thank you. Operation Healing Heroes podcast is made possible by Great Clips, the world's largest salon brand with over 4,400 locations in the U.S. and Canada. Great Clips, it's gonna be great. And by Sure Microphones the leader in audio electronics since 1925. Visit them at www.sure.com.